ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. everyone and welcome to episode 19 of the Soulful MBA podcast. I'm Jenny Barcelos and I'm joined with my co-host Sandy Connery. Hi Sandy. Hi Jenny. Hi everybody. And today's episode is all about beginning. So we have a friend who posted on Facebook not too long ago, a very successful entrepreneur friend, and he posted about what he would do differently or what he would do if he were just starting out in business today. And I I thought that was really compelling and he got a lot of great questions and it was super helpful to people who replied on that thread. And I just thought for our community, it would be really fun to kind of do a similar, a similar thing and have a conversation today on the podcast about, about what we would do differently or what we would do if we were just starting out today in entrepreneurship. And I, and I think a lot of it is going to look the same as what we did, right? Sandy already. Yeah. Yeah. But, but some, we definitely learned some lessons and would do some things differently. And I think that maybe we haven't mapped it out quite clearly yet in the podcast itself in terms of like, if you were just right now in the baby stages of entrepreneurship, you're just sort of thinking about it a lot and feeling excited and knowing that you want to go into business, but you've not started anything yet. This will be a good episode for you because we're going to kind of talk through if, if we were in that stage, what our exact steps and process would be to get started. So hindsight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, of course. And you have to kind of make mistakes as you go because that's how you learn. And certainly I could not, I can just think of a few pivotal times in starting Namastream where I needed to make those mistakes in order to be where I am. So I know that sounds like a little bit cliched, but it's actually true, right? Because you can't know the future and you can't understand how every circumstance is going to play out. So you sort of, you have to make mistakes because you benefit from them in the yeah, long sure, run. Sure, that makes sense. Okay, so a, a few things. When we were discussing this topic before we got started recording, Sandy, you and I were saying that a lot of clients that come to us already sort of have an idea of what they want to build and what they want to make online. And mm-hmm. I think, so So this podcast will be relevant for those of you who are in that situation. But but there are also a lot of, I think, more silent folks out there in our community who, do, who maybe don't know. Um, and so we want to kind of start from the very, 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 very beginning and, you know, give, give those of you who just know you want to build a business and you know, you're, you know, you have a health and wellness profession and you have some credentials behind you, um, to give you some very basic ideas for how to get started. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so step one, it's the afternoon. It's it's the afternoon and the coffee has worn down a little. I'm now drinking peppermint tea. So maybe we should have poured some caffeinated beverages. <laughs> okay. So step the first, one. the first step is that you need to want it and you need to feel compelled and excited. Like you need to feel drawn to the idea of being an entrepreneur. So that is like the step one criteria. If you feel just like a little bit curious, but not excited or committed, then, then like just hang out in that curiosity for a while until you start. (laughs) Curiosity will not carry you through. There has to be this, like, you know, when you, when you hear somebody say something or an idea that you're just 
bubbling with excitement. That's, you know, when you just like can't think about anything else, that's when you know you're ready. But if it's just like, that would be kind of cool. You're not ready. You're not okay. ready. You can no. still just keep learning and watching. And then there may be a time that you can jump in or, or maybe not. Maybe it's never. Yeah. I think that's right. And I think they follow the curiosity, right? Like we've talked mm-hmm. a lot about how important curiosity is. And I think if you're listening to this podcast and, and like you're curious about the idea of starting a business and you want to listen to us talk about what it's like, then that's fine. And it's awesome. And you're totally welcome to do that. And, you know, I think you'll know, like you'll know instinctively when you're ready, like you'll feel so excited and overwhelmed. You'll want to be making the investment of time and money that it takes to get started. You'll want the trade-off will be worth it. Instead of like watching a show on Netflix, you're going to want to be like setting up your first WordPress site or whatever. Like you're going to, it will become apparent to you when it's the right time. Like you, or, you know, you've had like 50 people in the last month tell you how much they want to take your course on XYZ topic. And like, you're going to feel like, wow, I really want to deliver to these people that are asking for this. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think you'll know. And so that's the first step. And a lot of you are already there. Um, a lot of you are beyond there. So that's good. That's the requirement. The baseline requirement for entrepreneurship is to have that, you know, that commitment, that level of excitement, that, that like f- kind of, I don't know, fearlessness about it. Just like, I'm hungry for it. I want it. Whatever it's going to bring, I'm ready, right? Like when you're there, that's the first step, okay? Come to the drive. Yeah. So the next step is obviously you have to have something to teach, something to share, something to sell. And so this is where I think the road forks a little bit. So there's those of you who already feel like you know what you're building or you've already started making it or you've already made a 500 module version of it, right? Like there, there are those of you who are in that camp and those are mostly our clients, like people who come to us and they're like, Hey, I've spent the last, you know, nine months building this like business baby and I need to go out and sell it. Right. So that's great. We have some advice for you, but let's back up for a second. The other people in the community who feel like you're committed, you're all in, you're excited, but you have no idea what to do. All you have is a skill set, some education, maybe some career, a career as a health and wellness professional in the brick and mortar world. And you have no idea what to do from here. Okay. So Sandy, what would you tell those folks to do? Like, what is your first thing that you tell them when you get on the phone with one of them? The first thing is to figure out what people want to buy. So as you and I have said many times, it's not okay. It's not a a great idea just just to start building what you think people need. That's a big, big mistake. So you need to hear it from their mouths that they want X and know that that's what you want to want to deliver. So getting on the phone with people and talking to them and listening to their problems and they may not, you know, explicitly say what you should build or what you should create, but you need to listen to what they're struggling with. You need to listen to what their problems are. You need to listen to phrases around, you know, oh, I wish I had this or I wish I didn't have to do this. Those are really key ideas as to how you can help help somebody. So you want to look for problems that you can solve. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we would encourage all of you in that phase to go listen to episode four, which is called perspective. So episode four of this podcast, where we talk all about how to do that. It's, we have a word for this that we use called sleuthing. It's basically how to go and, and learn about what people's pain points are and what their needs are by looking at different places online 
And, you know, we also wanted to go a little bit deeper today. And we had a podcast episode on networking that came out just a couple weeks ago. And I think that one is episode 17. So just not very long ago at all. And if you didn't listen to that one, we'd recommend that you go listen to that one as well. But here's here's the the next step in your process. Um, You essentially want to go and talk to as many people in your network as you can about what their needs are. So this may not be your close friends and family because they may not be suitable. Like it might not be the right fit for what your skill set is and what your profession is, right? So some of you um, in the like healing arts and in the health and wellness space, like your friends and family are not the right fit for your ideal client or quintessential clients. Um, so you want to go out to those, those existing clients that you already have. So when we say network in this, in this uh, context, we're talking about that. So you want to go have actual conversations with people. You want to take them out for juice or coffee or tea. You want to invite them into your office to do like a you know, 20 minute session with you where you're getting their feedback. If you can do a group session, that's like a really easy way to sort of like do this process more quickly. So a lot of big companies will hire market research firms. Now you can essentially recreate that yourself. If you have a local client base and you've been serving them one-on-one, you can put together an evening event or a dinner or something where you give people, you know, some sort of gift of time or something in exchange, a teaching of something like, just you know, pick something that you're well known for that people are always asking about. Maybe just do a quick little info night. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, we have a friend who did this recently with her client base. She was actually doing her website. She was redoing her website and she needed to get a bunch of pictures. And so she did like a, a free, it's like a Saturday morning event. And she invited all of her past her top clients together and did a great little info session. And in exchange, she got to take people's pictures. And I think she offered, she gifted everyone their own little mini photo shoot for headshots through that process too. So they got to come for a few hours, get a free teaching, meet a lot of other clients, have a headshot, have a glass of wine, you know, whatever. So this is a really good way. And then you can sit down you can have, you know, 20, 30 questions prepared, open-ended questions where you can sit there and ask people about what their needs are. So you know better than we do how to ask those questions in, in respect to your own work. But, but that the process for you, the hardest part there is going to be coming up with the questions to ask and then getting everyone, you know, into the same room or onto the same video call or whatever at the same time. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to note that what people will tend to pay for are things that are going to help them save time or save money. Yeah. And, and, and then I think health too. And this, like, if it's going to make me feel better, I'm going to do, you know, be better with my kids and be better at my job. So you know, your sleep better. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you want to really frame your questions and get to the source, to the bottom of what's bugging them or what's bothering them. What are they struggling with? Cause you need to solve a problem. And so you need to figure out what that problem is. And I'm sure many of you think, you know, which is maybe a great place to start and listen. I would also listen to the energy in their voices when they respond to you of what's like, you kind of get a, a sense by the way that they speak in the tone that, Oh, this is a, a big one for them as a, cause often when you interview people about, you know, would you, do you need this or do you want this? They'll, they'll just kind of, yeah, yeah. Cause they don't want to disappoint you. Sure. It sounds good. So, yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah. And, and that's not what you're, and you'll no, hear No, this that. is not about, will they buy this? This is about like, tell us about the hardest thing that's happened in the last six months in your life, or tell us about 
in your day from morning till night, what causes you the most stress or anxiety? Or what do you think keeps you awake at night? Or if I could, if I could wave a magic wand and fix anything in your life, what would it, what would you pick? Like this is the kind of level of conversation. And, you know, it's great to have these questions, these conversations one-on-one Sandy and I, you, we've both done this a lot in our businesses. It takes a long time. And I also think in, when it comes to like wellness, it, there's a benefit benefit to doing this in community because people, some, somebody is going to be brave and vulnerable in that room and that's going to cause other people to open up more. So there's nothing wrong with doing it one-on-one, but we're just trying to sort of say what we would do, right? Like if I were going to start over, like for example, with say Soulful MBA, which is our kind of online community and course, I would ideally get you know, 15 of our clients on a Zoom call or in a non-stream room or something and have a group because we're all remote all over the world with our company. I would I would recreate what this this virtually what I'm telling you all to do in person. And I would get a bunch of people together and sit there and just ask about what folks are struggling with in terms of mindset issues, time issues, technical issues. Right. I would sit there and just ask all the questions that I have in my mind. So, you know, there are other ways to do this again, like one-on-one, you know, call up former clients, have 30 minute phone calls, like ask for referrals. There are a lot of ways, but, but if I were going to do it again today, that's what I would do. Sandy, would you pick something else? No, I I think that's right. I just wanted to point out like in the example of Soulful, um, we didn't do a virtual, you know, what you just described because our inbox was full of questions. Yeah. And they were repeated questions over and over by different people. Like, how do I build my email list? And, you know, all these questions around digital marketing and, and, you know, how to price it and all these things that we all struggle with. And technical with. stuff too. And like technical video stuff. Editing. But that was our validation that this, yeah. this is something that is not existing in the market. And that's, we listened to our, our people were coming to us, luckily enough, and telling us what they were missing, what their problem was, what their angst was with, with building this business. And we built something to solve that for them. Yeah. So we know that's right. If you have, if you already have a decent data set, right? Like you already have a business that has, has enough sort of clientele and population that you're getting this anyway, that that's great. But I still, we still did have like a a few in-depth conversations with clients, like with specific clients. Cause Sandy, you and I both have spent a fair number of time doing some, like we've done two-on-one coaching with some of our VIP clients. And we also have done, you know, just a lot of demos like between the two of us, like so many, so many hundreds and hundreds of demos that we knew exactly what was holding people back from being successful or, or being ready to use our software. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I mean, if, if you already have the data, then great. Like then you're not in this stage, but if you're just starting out, like you really, really, really want to understand what people need. And if you're, if you feel like you, you get like 15 people and you talk to them either one-on-one or in a group session, virtual or in person, and you feel like there's not a lot of pain points or there's not a lot of need, like, you probably want to start fresh. Like there's not something to sell then like, or you're not asking the right questions. Like it's possible. For example, if you are a personal trainer, it's possible that the kind of clients you've been working with and say you do all one-on-one sort of high-end personal training, 
and, and they're like, I love what you do with me, but I wouldn't want anything else. Like that might be it. Like those people may not want to work with you in a group program. They may not want to work with you in an online program. Like then if you want to scale your business beyond what you're already doing, you're going to have to pivot what you offer or, or the kind of clients that you serve. Like that's also possible. We haven't really seen that happen a lot, Sandy. I'll just no. like say that, but it's, but it's, you know, we want to be honest with you that like, it's possible that you're not going to be able to do the exact thing you're already doing and scale it dramatically online. You, you may need to, to switch it up a bit. And that's why this market research is so helpful because if you just go in like guns a blazing, I'm going to build out what I already am doing and I'm just going to build it out even bigger and sell it to the world. Like you don't know that people want that, right? Like you need to get that data first. I cannot emphasize that enough. <laughs> yeah. It can be scary too, but it's so it'll save you God, oh man, so you, you know, much it's heartache worth, and hours later. Yeah, I would say this is this part is worth spending. Like I've seen people spend two years on this, yeah. like years and years and years. And because you shouldn't build it out until you have the validation, you know, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be, this is not that you're not working on your business. Like you sure as heck are working on your business, but this is your work. Like this is your calling until you figure this out. So that's, that's like a tiny, tiny, even though like we're talking about it a bit in the podcast, like that's a tiny, tiny, tiny explanation for something that's much bigger, right? So this part of, of finding your product ideas and, and then starting to validate them is, is the most important part of your business. Like this is, I think the key to success for any business, entrepreneurial, like online brick and mortar, traditional new, new media, whatever. This is the key. Like if you can figure out how to do this, you're golden. And we've helped a lot of people do this in lots of different contexts, both within our own Soulful MBA, our, within our non-stream client population, but also like beyond Sandy, you and I have both mentored a lot of different software companies and startups in this as well. This is like, this is it. Figure this out. Okay. So some of you have already figured this out. Awesome. Congratulations. Where do you go from here? This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. So Sandy, where would you go from here? So say we've just had a focus group online with yep. 15 of our lovely favorite clients We've just got a whole bunch of data. We figured out this key to developing a new product. Now, what do we do? I would want to know how much they'd pay for it. Exactly. So That's this the is, tricky this one. is right. So this is called price anchoring. So you want to figure out actually how painful is this or how much do people want this? Okay. Can we get technical for a minute? Sure. Love getting technical. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's get technical. Let's do some startup technical stuff. Oh man, <laughs> people are either going to love this or they're going to hate it. Okay, here's the beauty. Sandy's talking about what people will pay for. It's something that's going to save them time, save them money, make them money, or give them health and wellness, right? Like in some very direct way. But when you're selling somebody a product, there are two kinds of products. If, if like it's about making money, right? There are products that add to top line revenue and bottom line revenue. <laughs> and I think you can, you can make the analogy for any health and wellness thing also like, it, and I'll, and I'll give you the analogy. So top line revenue 
is something that's going to make somebody more money. And in health and wellness, like people say, that's a vitamin. And then there's the bottom line revenue. And that's something that will save somebody money in, in the case of like, you know, a business tool, but in the health and wellness analogy, that's something that will be like a, a prescription that will make them heal. That's like an antibiotic or something. Okay. So you have top line and bottom line. Now it's easier and quicker to sell something that's going to heal somebody right away. Like an antibiotic, it's easier to sell somebody an antibiotic than to sell them a vitamin. And in the case of something that makes someone money, it's easier to sell something that's going to save them money than something that's going to make them additional money to the top line of their revenue. So you also want to think about that as you're building out your products. So you're going to have an easier time selling somebody something that they're kind of desperately craving that already fits within their existing lifestyle or business model than something that is just going to make their life or their business better. Because people are, let's see, they're just less motivated to take action immediately if it's something that's for the longer term. Where humans are short-term focused creatures, like we have a really hard time cognitively of focusing on long-term well-being, whether it's financial well-being or health health well-being. So you want to try when you're first starting out to think about ways to deal with this like immediate pain points or bottom line revenue um, and save these like bigger, more aspirational <laughs> visionary things for later on in your product suite. Um, and Sandy, would you agree with that? Like I just sort of sprung that on you, but this is yeah. all part of my like a grand, yeah. grand and vision of what I want to teach folks. It's easier to go to a chiropractor for one, uh, you know, manipulation that I am passively lying there and getting worked yeah. on versus having to do my Pilates core work for weeks on end. Yep. Right. Like, like that they, yeah. people in health and wellness want quick fix of the like physios know yeah. how hard it is to get people to do their exercise programs or do their, you know, work at home. They just want to come in and get fixed. And the same thing with business programs too. Like in our art, we're not offering folks health and wellness, right? We are a product that is focused on top line revenue at Namastream is right. And so we have a harder job of selling some, like, for example, a wellness business, like a, a brick and mortar wellness business, we have to make the case that this is a worthwhile investment because it's going to add to the long-term growth of their business versus like, Hey, just use this little scheduling tool. It'll save you five hours a week. Right. That's not necessarily going to make them a lot more money, but it's, it's like something that fits into their existing model and it's probably going to be less expensive. So we have, we're like in that other category. So we're telling you, Hey, do the easy thing like this, learn from us because we're now, now here's the flip side. So here's, here's the flip side to this. You do eventually want to work on these like vitamin E products and these top line revenue products because they actually people will pay more for them. Um, and they'll once once you sell this to them, they're sort of a customer for life. Like that's the that's sort of the strategic use of the top line revenue and vitamins. Like once somebody realizes that works for them and like it makes their whole life or business better, you have a really great long-term relationship and you actually help them to live longer and their business to live longer. So they're going to be a customer for longer. Like there is a benefit to those other things. However, when you are first starting out, you want to think about bottom line revenue, 
quick fix antibiotic medicine, not vitamin. So just start to think about that. You can't charge as much typically for those products, but you can sell them a lot faster and a lot easier. And, and like psychologically, it's a lot easier for people to handle the thought of buying that from you. So anyway, just that, like we could probably do a whole podcast episode on that eventually. Okay. So that's, that's part of validation. And for price anchoring, you want to figure out what, as Sandy said, what people will pay for something. And the way you do that is not to ask them, right? Because Sandy, if you say, will you pay $50 for this? I sure would. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Everyone will say yes. I'll buy it. Yeah. You know why? Because they care about you or they're on the spot or they're going to sound, feel uncomfortable saying no. So the only way you know how to validate price is to actually get somebody to give you money. So this is, this is a concept called pre-selling. This is what we encourage you to do with creating beta products. So for your first signature product, you want to create a version of it that's not quite perfect that you sell for a reduced price and that's your beta product or your beta round and you likely will be selling that to people who are already in your network and you'll know that it's valuable to those folks because they're actually giving you money especially if they're friends and family like people are gonna even you don't just want to ask would you do this for free and eventually like if I sell this do you think people will buy it like like you'll not, you're not going to get good data from that right so you want to validate your price and that means actually money changes hands. There's a, there's an actual transaction that goes on and that's the only way you know that people will pay for something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a science to figure out what that price is even for beta, but, um, it is, that's, I, this is actually the thing I'm the worst at. I'm, yeah. you know, this, I, I admit like I shouldn't even be saying how to do this because this is the hardest part for me. I'm so uncomfortable having that conversation with anyone about money. Like it's really hard. Yeah, we, but you, <laughs> I know, I know you say that, but if you flip it around and be, and you're on the receiving end as somebody yeah. that you knew that you adored as a teacher or a coach was offering you to get in at beta, like I would be jumping at it. If someone that really was important to me and I cared about and I, and she, you know, yeah. this person did good work for me, like really helped me out. I would absolutely pay for that. And I would be excited to know what that price is. And it's not like, oh my God, she's charging me. How can she? It's not that attitude at all. Like I'm grateful Mm -hmm. to be part of something early. It's shocking how many people love to be in beta. Like, no, I think beta is great. Beta is great. But we encourage every single person to use beta for their first product, right? Their first offer. And actually I would do a beta round for every product you create. Every new product. Every new product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're also going to make mistakes and things aren't going to be a little rough around the edges. And it's really valuable to you as a business owner to be able to have people who know and expect things not to be perfect and give you feedback Um, because that feedback is invaluable to you. For, so that you can go and iterate on what you've created. And you also don't have to have this like really uncomfortable situation where someone has paid full price and the thing is not serving them. Right. So you, you really want to do beta for you. It's great. It's, it's useful for you. It, it gives your community a chance to like get more access to you, get, be like an early adopter, have a special relationship to you and get a discount. Like it's a win-win. And you get testimonials. Yes. Test- this is where you're going to want to get your testimonials for your sales page. Exactly, Sandy. That's right. I almost forgot about that. Okay. And then in terms of actual figuring out the price though, like we didn't really get into that. Like you can Google price anchoring. Essentially what you want to do is you want to sort of do your best to figure out what you think this thing is worth. And I would not charge less than half of that for beta. So, um, so like the full price of the product 
you know, figure out what you think it's worth. And then I would half it. And I, and then I would go out and ask my prospective beta customers like, Hey, I'm building this, this, and this, like, here's what I'm thinking of charging half price, full price. But for you, you get half. Here's what yeah, it is. Make sure they know that it's half price. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then go from there. And then you're, it's a dialogue. You just have to expect that to be a conversation and you cannot just ask like two people because that's not a big enough data set. I would have at least five people, if not 10 people in your beta group, like I, mm-hmm. 10 is perfect. I would go for, yeah, I'd go for 10 to 12 people. Yeah. Yeah. And get some so, good feedback. But do not like ask two people, you know, do not bounce your price off of two people and then your think that you have enough friend. information. Absolutely not. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, so this whole process, what we've described up to here, this can take you like, you know, one month or this can take you six weeks or this can take you a year to get to this point. Um, and I think you just, it, you need to be, you know, honest with yourself about how, you know, how much time you have to spend to invest in your business and what kind of access you have to possible clients or past clients or whatever, and then go from there. Okay. So now we're starting over Sandy. We've, we feel committed. We've got an idea. We validated it by selling a beta version to 12 people. What's the next step? I would tell every single person that I know what I'm doing. I would yeah. let everybody know what I'm building, what I'm creating, who it's for, why I've done it. Yeah. So it's getting the word out there. It's just the yeah. marketing side. This is the marketing side. So you're actually going to, you're going to sort of split yourself into two at this point. And one with some of your time, you're going to actually start developing the thing that you just sold to 12 people. And you're going to have to f- fulfill and follow through on whatever timeline you promised them. Right. So if you said I'm developing like the six week cleanse and it's starting on May 2nd and it's going to go on for six weeks and it's going to include an ebook and recipes and 15 videos and whatever, whatever you actually have to go out now and make that <laughs> like, so that's half of you. And then the other half of you, the other half of your time is doing exactly what Sandy said. And that's starting to get the word out. You're going to start building your sales page. You're going to start mapping out what you already have done some of this, right? You've sold a version of this already, but you're going to start refining that, building out a sales page and starting to tell every single person you've ever met that could be a good fit for this. Or even if they couldn't, because they know other people who could be like, you're going to get the word out about this thing and say like, it's, you're going to pick a launch date, like sometime after your beta version is done, you probably want to give yourself ideally a month. I would say, I don't know, Sandy, what do you usually tell people? It depends what they're doing, like how much, you know, sort of fine tuning they need to make to that program or how how much new content they need to add. So yeah, it depends on the product. So you, you need to give yourself at least a couple weeks and if not longer, based on what you're selling from when beta ends to when you actually launch the program to the public, because you can also be iterating as you go, you know, if you're launching a six week cleanse, for example, you're, you're going to get feedback week one on what worked and what didn't work for people. And you can start to like be remaking it or changing, making tweaks as you go week by week. So this is really going to depend on you, your flow, your workload, your time, but you need to build in some time to actually iterate on your beta product and not just do not sell the exact beta version at full price. Like do not do that. <laughs> like may, be responsive, like you actually use beta, the beta process for what it's designed for, which is to be iterative. Right. So then you're going to pick a launch date. You're going to figure out like what your needs and your times times are, and you're going to start marketing and advertising it. What I would start doing is I would start 
collecting a wait list right away of people who are interested. I would create some sort of scarcity around it or offer like waitlist people get some kind of discount or some kind of bonus, even better bonus than a discount. I would say like the first, you know, 50 people or 10 people or whatever, I don't know what your pro- program is or your goals are, depends on how, like, how much your thing costs or whatever, right? But I would say like some percentage of people or some number of people are gonna get some special bonus, the first X people to buy, And, you know, just start creating buzz like and then you're going to have your six week program. You're going to have two weeks to iterate, whatever. So you have two months from now in our imaginary cleanse world to go and build kind of marketing momentum around this new product. Mm -hmm. And I would also just to to back up with that, that marketing, I would, you know, simply send an email to every single person I know and tell them yeah. what I'm doing. And I'd make it very clear. I'd ask them for their help and say that, you know, this is what I've done. This is who I'm targeting. And this is the result that they're going to experience. So that somebody, instead of just saying, I'm, I have a new cleanse online, you know, like that, you need to go into super deep detail so that as the person's reading this, they go, Oh, I know who, I know who could use that. I know someone that is is experiencing that. So use lots of detail in your, in your descriptions and when you're speaking to people as well. But I would send an email to like many, many, many people and get the word out that that's what I'm doing. And I, I guarantee you get a couple, not everybody, a lot of people just hit delete, but there may be a few people who know somebody that is looking for that exact thing. Yeah. And I would, there's other stuff that, that I've seen some of our clients do that works really well. So I would send an email. I would also be willing to hop on the phone, you know, with people who are having questions or people you have a good relationship with, or people who are, who have a big, big network. I would get on the phone and say like, Hey, I'm doing this. I it's already having results for X, Y, and Z person in my beta group. I really would love your help getting the word out. Like this is when you kind of call in favors. This is when you ask your network to be there for you. And he, here's another thing that you can do is you can share on social. And then what you can do is you can tag people who are in your beta group or people who are who are in your inner circle, sort of close network and ask them to share. Right. So there that that seems to work well. Don't do not do what Sandy said that we've seen happen, which is where you just post, hey, I have a cleanse. Here's the link. Sign up. And you just like post, like put it out there in the world like that unfortunately doesn't really work ever for anybody. (laughs) Like you tag people in every post, like you've got to be a little, this is where like the hustling comes in and it's a little uncomfortable to be honest, but the more you do it, the more it sort of normalizes and it's really not a big deal. Like you're not scamming somebody just because you're creating a product in the world or online, right? Like you, you obviously really believe in it. Like you're, you're all, you've put a lot of heart into developing it. You've really listened to your client base to figure out what their needs are. And you've, been responsive and created something to serve them. Right. So, you know, you can help people with whatever this is. So you want to go out and get as many people to use it as possible. Okay. So that's, that's sort of like what we're calling network sales. (laughs) Like this is not any kind of MLM or anything, but this is really where you use your network to start to get sales. And you can have this wait list. You can even start pre-selling. I mean, I, I would do this. So if we're just being honest with starting over, like I, we, I've seen the wait list working, you know, for some of our clients, but I would be a little more aggressive and I would actually pre-sell it. Like I would say the first 50 people to buy this are going to get, you know, an extra 
dessert ebook or whatever, I would make something special for them and I would let them pay for it now, even though they're not going to get it for another six weeks because Mm -hmm. you don't want to have to go chasing after your waitlist people either. So, um, waitlist is sort of like the softer way and pre-selling the product at full price is sort of the more aggressive way, which is what we would both do. I think Sandy Mm -hmm. going forward. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Although I, the pre-sales I may, yeah, I'd give them something like whether it is a a small discount or a bonus, like I'd give them something for signing up. Definitely give them something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We've had clients who've done all sorts of things with pre-sales too. And I think pre-sales work because people still even it sort of mimics like the, I think the psychological feeling that the beta people get, which is like, Oh, I'm like on the inside. Mm -hmm. I'm special. Right. So, so yeah. they're not quite as special as your beta people, but they're like still special. Yeah. And, and I, I butter them up too, like along mm-hmm. that, if, whatever that wait period is before your launch, I'd be sending a weekly email, getting them excited, sort of giving yeah. them teasers about what's coming, asking them questions about, you know, what are they excited about? What are they worried about? I'd start some conversation with them so they don't just forget that they've signed up for something like get them really primed for this. Yeah, no, perfect. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, so I think, that like what, what I can say about like just listening to you talk Sandy and listening to myself talk for the last little while is like, this is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Like we're like, ah, if we were starting over, we just do, do this, like do this. Yeah. I have this checklist of like five things on my, in my planner that we were going to talk about. I was like, ah, it's like five things, but these are all really important yeah. kind of, but they don't big all things. have to be done and they don't all have to be, you know, like you do what you can. Yeah. And, and that's, that's all it is. And I think, but one of the main points, I think just looking back at this list, Jenny, that we missed is the other big, big, big focus at, right from, right from the step one, when you're deciding is to start growing that email list. Yeah. The whole no, that's time right. you that's are collecting like- <laughs> emails, you are collecting names, anyone that yes. sort of nods in your direction, you know, you're collecting their email, every single course or class or you know, person that you coach, person that you run into the street, a friend of a friend, you're handing out business cards, like the whole time you are collecting emails. Yeah, yeah no joke. Never that, ends. I mean, that is all you're, that's like the marketing engine is always going, like the lights are always on with that. Yeah. And so you're, you're obviously going to want to have, like, this is a whole other conversation, yeah. but you're going to want to have opportunities for people to opt in to your, to your list. If you're a Namastream customer, we designed Namastream so that Namastream can serve as sort of like this house for your lead magnet. So you can upload like free guides or free video samples or whatever. And people sign up and give that, give you their email in exchange for getting the free content. Um, so you can do this on your WordPress site or your Squarespace site too. Like there's a lot of ways you can be collecting email addresses. You can have your email service provider, like MailChimp and all of the big ones have a way so that you can actually have a little robot on your Facebook business page so that you can have like a giveaway on your Facebook business page that collects email addresses. Like there's a lot you can be doing to be gathering. Although if you just make all these things and let them sit there though, like people who come to your email, who come to your website and opt in to your email list and get a free checklist or something, that's great. But how are those people getting to your website, right? Like you've got to go out and proactively be driving people there. So maybe that's like writing guest blog posts on big publications. Like maybe it's writing for the Huffington Post or Mind Body Green, or maybe it's, you know, going out to your local paper and pitching yourself for an interview or, you know, like there's the way that you get people to your website, or maybe it's using Pinterest and have, and having a blog and having people read your blog, like read your 
blog graphic and then click back to your website from Pinterest. Like there are so many ways to do this and it's a lot, right? Yeah, so you have to decide podcast. what you have time for. And, and what we really recommend is when you're getting started just to do what Sandy said, which is like everybody, you know, on the street, like those people, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a lot more handholding at first, but like the, those are real people in your community, in your church or faith-based organization, in your schools, in your you know, like all those people, get all those people to know what you're doing. And maybe that's through email and maybe it's not, maybe it's just through flyers, right? Like I live in a little town now in like small town, rural America. And I, like you go to the post office and like every single thing that's going on in the whole town, there's like a flyer for it up on the wall in the post office. It's like legit. Like if I were going to sell something, I, you can better bet that my flyer is going to be up in the post office. So you've got to know sort of like your community and, and what that post office bulletin board is for you. Cause you've got, you've got them all over the place. Like I can think about in Seattle when I'm in Seattle, there are like five or six kind of healthy restaurants that, that my family always frequents that have like great bulletin boards, right? Like in the entry or like great little cafes, like I would have a little teardown of, of with advertisements on every single one of those bulletin boards with my name and like the website on a, one of those little like tearing rectangles. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I never take those because I just take a photo of the flyer, but I think people do take them because oh, yeah. I always see those little teeth missing. Especially people but like who do all of that, like all of it. It's so old fashioned and so old school. And if you have a brick and mortar business or an in-person service-based business, business with real clients in real life, like you already are probably doing this stuff. So now you're just going to start doing the exact same thing, but for your online programs and services. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So the, that's it. That's beginning. Now, what you do after this is a whole other conversation and that's called scaling. And we're not going to talk about it today, but we'll probably have some podcast episodes about it eventually. <laughs> yeah. Bigger topic. Yeah. Okay. Let's move into the joy and hustle. Let's do it. Okay. So the joy is, I just wanted to talk about a an Etsy artist and a jeweler that I fell in love with. And I've been admiring her stuff from afar. And I finally bought my first piece at a gallery this weekend. And again, like joy does not have to be about shopping at all. But I used to design jewelry and Shauna on our team also used to design jewelry. We sort of are a weird little artistic group of people who have found our way to business, but really are all like wanting to be creatives. And the website is the Etsy shop is called material wit. And we'll put a link in the show notes. And I just have the most gorgeous earrings. They're like hand forged. I think they're like bronze and they have a crystal sort of suspended from this little horseshoe of bronze. It's just, I love them. And I loved every single thing of hers that I found in this gallery. Um, and the, the artist's name is Jesse Morrow and I'll put a link and I don't know her at all, but I loved her work. And I just thought just, it was really minimalist and beautiful and sort of just a, a lovely way to adorn oneself with <laughs> beautiful things. Right. It makes you happy, right? It like does. It's just... it really makes, gosh, you know, and I, I don't like like a lot of like really fancy expensive jewelry at all. And so it's like the simple sort of handmade stuff. And I just, I love it so much. I think when you make something like you probably noticed this Sandy too, with your art, like with your drawing, like you admire other artists mm -hmm. work so yeah, much. Absolutely. So, right. So yeah. like, I'm always like, well, I could make that, but I don't make it. I don't have time. I have other priorities right now. So I will buy, buy, buy the beautiful work of someone else. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Okay, Hustle. We found a very cool little article called The Hippies Have Won, and it is in the New York Times, right? Is that the source of yeah, it? Yeah, New York Times. And I think the message here is like, this is about research and trend and understanding your market. And this whole article talks about what was kind of hippie culture, kombucha, granola, Birkenstocks is now completely mainstream with the the bowls that we eat and the, you know, acai. acai bowls and like all these things that were sort of a little bit off culture are now like mainstream. And so that bodes well for all of you building wellness business out there. And I think it's really good to keep abreast of what is happening, what is trending. So we'll put a link to this article because it's a it's a very interesting read. And I know almost all of you will relate and love all the things that they list that is now considered mainstream. Yeah, I think I think just the key is is also the timing is great. Like you're if you're a health and wellness entrepreneur, you're like in the the most you have the most perfect timing in the world to start to grow your business. And so who knows what the future holds, but like there's never been a better time to start an an online or offline wellness business. Like just you know, spirit of the age, like just take hold and run with it. I mean, it's, it's really remarkable and lucky that we're, we're in a time where culturally what we all want to do and appreciate and build is that that same sort of dream is shared by a lot of people right now. So there's, there's a market for what you're building, right? Like that's really the main, main point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that is it. That was what we would do if we were starting over. So if you have any questions, head on over to our free Facebook group, facebook.com slash soulful.mba. And we'll be in there to sort of follow up on the conversation. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba sample.